Welcome to Views from the World Tree. On this week's show, we push through the tryptophan and other post-feast lethargy and discuss things for which we are thankful. And now on with the show. I see. Good news, everyone. I guess I'll start this week with the news. Um, last week, uh, I think it was last week at least, I mentioned that I was reading a series called Night Watch by uh, Sergei Lukianenko. Um, and so I'm still pushing through that series. So if you didn't, if you weren't here for last week or you need a refresher or whatever. It's basically a urban fantasy with um, ancient group of magicians called the Others that are able to um, influence the human world around them. And uh, it's an end of the world, dark urban fantasy uh, heyday with vampires and witches and um, demons and all of that stuff unleashed onto the streets of Moscow. Um as the author is from Moscow, it makes sense. But yeah, uh, that's basically what I'm reading right now. Um, I did go ahead and buy the third book. So here in about a week, once I uh, finish the Night Watch and then Day Watch, I'll finally read a book that I have not actually read from the series yet. <laughs> nice. I did pick up the first one in that series. I uh, I have not finished it, but... More on that next week. <laughs> are you are you doing it with Audible or are you um, reading, it's a reading it? Reading, reading. Okay. I mean, it, it is on Kindle. Um, I don't have a lot of like hard copy books; they just take up okay. too much space. But uh, I gotta show you uh, just the the covers. That's creepy. awesome. Yeah. It's. It reminds me of the Raven, and then that old TV show Alias. Like I think that might be the same font that they used. Uh, it, it does kind of have that, yeah. So, <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, for those of you that are listening and not watching, um, it's basically the Alias font, but it's a giant. Um, I think it's supposed to be an owl, but it kind of has this look of a, uh, of a um of a crow flying over the, the Russian skyline, the Moscow skyline. It's uh, it's kind of neat and mysterious and creepy. <laughs> um, so as far as watching, um, I fired up Netflix and turned on Wednesday, um, the Wednesday Adams story. I laugh because my wife and I watched the pilot just before I came in here to record. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of it? Um, I'm only through the first two episodes. Okay. Um, it is very Tim Burton. Yes. <laughs> um, you can tell that it's got this deep, dark, kind of creepy humor, but I absolutely am loving it. Um, not to give anything away, it looks like it's going to... St- set up a very interesting series 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, I was, excuse me, I don't recall seeing Jenna Ortega, uh, the main character, or the actress that plays the main character, rather. I don't recall seeing her in anything, but she does such a good job playing Wednesday. Just the, the super, like, deadpan, zero emotion, but, like, super dark and creepy. She does an excellent job. Oh, yeah. She, uh... <laughs> I think she's the reason why I ended up uh, diving back into Nightwatch because, like, I that <laughs> just she's got that part down. Um, like you said, very dry pan, very nobody uh, nobody messes with my brother except for me type of mm-hmm. thing. It, <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. So yeah. Good for her. She has a, a good career ahead of her. Mm-hmm. Very talented. I I got to say, I'm impressed with all of the actors so far too. Um, mm-hmm. They all they all complement each other very well. Which when you when you have uh, a huge as huge of a cast as what they have, it's really kind of neat to see them just come in and work together almost seamlessly mm-hmm. agreed so and then as far as the uh the news of the week uh the japanese fans are doing it again um i don't know if you watched any of the world cup i have not no but after the opening ceremonies uh of this year's world cup uh, the game that was played between qatar and ecuador uh, the Japanese fans who weren't even there supporting a team, their team from Japan, stayed behind and cleaned up the stadium of all the trash and like refuse from everybody else's nations. Now that you mentioned that, I I did see a news article about it. I didn't actually watch the the match, but they did have pictures and, and video clips of them picking up all of the trash. It was pretty cool to see. They started doing it probably three World Cups ago, and it's gone on from not only just when Japan plays to if there's ever a Japanese person in the stands, they will do it. It's like hmm. become a a badge of honor for these uh, these traveling fans from Japan to leave the area better than how they found it, which I, I just think is so awesome and so... Um, respectful to the host nation, to everybody else that's going. Uh, it just shows this um, this thinking outside of yourself that uh, sometimes is desperately needed um, around the world. So it's fun to see. Yeah, agreed. So, not super exciting, but that's my news this week. Okay. Uh, for me this week, I we've been pretty busy. Um, we were hosting Thanksgiving this year for my wife's family, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but, uh, so I didn't have a whole lot of reading time. I, the only book I've been reading this week is the Martian is what I'm listening to is my bedtime audiobook. So I've read it several times. It's, it's great. And, uh, yeah, it's really fun to listen to. So the accent uh, and everything makes it pretty uh, entertaining. 
Is is it fully voice acted or is it just uh um it is not fully voice acted. It's just um it's narrated by uh what's his name? RC Bray, who does a lot of audiobooks. But he does just a lot of like different accents and stuff and his Mark Watney accent is excellent. Nice. I might have to check that out. And then as far as watching, um, in addition to Wednesday Adams, uh, or Wednesday, I guess it's just called, uh, my wife and I have been watching the latest season of Lego Masters on Fox. Have you ever watched this show? So I, I think watched it's in its the, third season. I watched the first season and then bits and pieces of the second season. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely had more access to it when we had a Hulu subscription. Yeah, for sure. But um, it's hard to watch it when you're using rabbit ears uh, to <laughs> try and catch it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's still just as good. Um, yeah, it's, I don't really have much to say about it. My wife and I really like uh building lego and so it's fun for us to watch it and it's hasn't really started to decline yet as far as i can tell so oh that's good it's good and then as far as actual news um i saw a news article about a bird who broke the world record (laughs) so um and i saw a few different places but uh, the bird, the species is called a bar-tailed godwit. And uh, so these are migratory birds. And there was one that recently migrated from Alaska to New Zealand, which is a really far distance to fly. But the really impressive feat is it made the trip in 11 days, did not land, did not t- stop to take a break, <laughs> like non-stop flight for 11 days um, and 10 nights, I, I presume. Uh, f- final distance was 13,560 kilometers, which is just under 8,500 miles. So this was just mind-boggling to me. Um, and so I, I had seen the news article, and then I was scrolling through TikTok, and one of the people I follow on there is Hank Green. Um, who's like a science biology content creator. And he was talking about how to achieve this flight, the bird, um, they will like temporarily shrink their digestive system so that they can store more, like they'll, they'll bulk up so they can store more energy for their flight. And since they're not going to eat or, you know, digest food for 11 days, it like they can shrink down their digestive system to make more room for energy storage. I thought that was amazing. That's crazy. And kind of cool. Uh, I would read an article today about that bird. I, I think it said that it was five months old. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And they tagged it in Alaska and it ended up down on, uh, in Tasmania. Which is a small island just south of Australia, so uh, almost an entire 
half of the planet. <laughs> yeah, Tasmania. I think I said New Zealand, but uh, yeah, it, it was Tasmania. And I mean, I guess to you know to call out the bird, we don't know its name, but <laughs> it was tag number two three four six eight four. So and way to go, tag number two six four three eight four. So very impressive. I think the previous record was the same species, but it was an adult. So, so what you're saying is this bird's going far. Uh, future, <laughs> he's Olympian. going places, literally. Yeah, <laughs> from Alaska to Tasmania. <laughs> That's what happens. The new generation comes along and shows us up. So, uh, always. <laughs> Darn those young, young whippersnappers. Their infinite pools of energy by shrinking their stomach and <laughs> bulking up. So, anyway, that was it for news for me this week. Pretty light, like you mentioned as well. No, that's a cool one. Um, well, uh, so this week uh, here in America, and um, I think two weeks ago up in Canada, is something called Thanksgiving. And, um, one of the things behind Thanksgiving is we, um, culturally, we tend to get them together, uh, have a giant feast, and kind of share things that we're thankful for. So for those of you that are listening all around the world, we thought that we would invite you to our Thanksgiving dinner and share some of, uh, some of our experience, some of our own family traditions, and some ways that you can uh, show gratitude as we go into probably one of the unfortunately least gracious seasons uh on planet <laughs> earth so that's kind of the thought behind this this show this week yeah so um i will start uh so the first thing that we wanted to do was kind of share a family tradition um so for me uh the family tradition that I always liked. Uh, my family would get together the night before the Thanksgiving meal um, and we'd grab some fresh baked loaves of bread that we had allowed to air out and stale out for a couple of days. And we would watch um, the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving episode and tear bread uh, to prepare it for stuffing. Um, and so like coming together as a family and just tearing bread and watching this silly cartoon from like the 60s 50s 60s <laughs> um that that's one of the traditions that i always uh, looked forward to growing up and that i do look forward to today granted it is a little bit harder as members of my family have been diagnosed with celiac disease so <laughs> tearing with the bread is not quite as much uh, fun for everybody involved uh, especially those that are unable to eat the stuffing <laughs> fair enough yeah um so for me i don't know if it's really a a specific tradition but um my family or, or i guess i guess our family has a specific dish tradition that they do um for our mashed potatoes the traditional dish is mashed potatoes and gravy but uh Somehow our family um, started having chicken noodle soup <laughs> with homemade egg noodles in place of the gravy. So 
that's always one of the the fun things for me. And as I've, you know, gotten married and ex- extended my my family, um, that's always one thing that people are uh, they think it's really funny and then they try it and then they absolutely love it. So (laughs) it's kind of fun sharing traditions with other people and being able to, to have that as, you know, kind of a unique thing that we do. That, that one's a fun tradition, especially when (laughs) people who have never just to see the look on their face, uh, the first time that that tradition or that food dish (laughs) is, uh, why is there chicken noodle soup on the table? Is somebody sick? (laughs) Yeah. Always fun. Um, I do not enjoy the combination of textures as much as uh, some of my (laughs) relatives. So I still stick with the traditional turkey gravy, but that chicken noodle soup with the egg noodles is definitely tasty. (laughs) It's an acquired taste. It's, it's pretty carb heavy. (laughs) Yeah. You've got potatoes and then you throw noodles on top, but I don't know. I like it. It's tasty. But the broth? I don't know that it would be as good with like a canned chicken noodle soup. I think having the actual bone broth helps. Yeah, it's something about yeah making the soup from as, as scratch ingredients as possible. From like a, a rotisserie chicken and the homemade noodles are always my favorite part. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um. All right, so the next thing on our list is uh, one thing that uh, we are thankful for. And this has been um, a struggle, especially this last couple of weeks, because I've been so slammed with work and school and uh, lifestyle changes and life changes and good news, bad news, all of that, um, that I have not really taken the time to be mindful and come up with something. But uh, looking back at it, I think what I'm most thankful for is the opportunities that I've been given this year. Um, So earlier this year, I took a leave of absence from a job that I absolutely hated. I hated so much that after getting out, I realized that I'm actually going to resign from it as soon as uh, my leave of absence is up. Um, But just uh, that opened up the door to so much more. I've been able to explore um, a lot in ecology and biology. I've been able to work, have a little bit more time to work on a novel that I've been wanting to write for a while. And um, I, at one point, uh, I was so blessed that I actually was juggling three jobs at one time instead of just the one until I decided just because the universe is giving me these opportunities doesn't mean I should jump on every single one of them. So now I'm back down to one job, but, um, just, I'm very thankful for the opportunities that the universe, the, the gods, the great spirit, whoever, um, has been throwing my way. Nice. Um, one thing that I am thankful for, I... I guess this year I would say I have been very thankful or grateful for the, uh, the harvest that we were able to get from our garden. Uh, we 
had these really grand plans for a vegetable garden this year and we're only able to accomplish about a third of what we wanted to. But um, what we did do, we had a almost an overwhelming amount of produce and stuff that we were able to pull out of the out of the ground here and like uh, looking back over the summer and the fall we were eating fresh produce fresh vegetables pretty much every day and didn't have to, to purchase anything for you know half of the year um, we were also able to can and preserve quite a few things uh, we still have to do we still have like a hundred pounds of tomatoes in my garage that uh, we need to put into salsa and other various things. But um, it was really cool to be able to share that with my in-laws this Thanksgiving. Um, we were able to, um, so my nephew came and um, he's a little bit of a picky eater <laughs> as kids sometimes are. And we, we, we're like, Hey, do you, you like pears? Do you like peaches? And he was like, yeah, I, I love pears. And so we had, you know, several, um, like cases of canned pears. And we we're like, okay, well here, we'll pull some of these out. And so he had those and was able to enjoy a, a Thanksgiving feast of pears and, and rolls. <laughs> so That's um, awesome though. Yeah. And some of the other, you know, the other things we did some pickles and some spicy pickles. It was really cool to be able to, as part of the feast, have something that we like produced with our own hands instead of just bought from the store. It made it feel a little bit less commercialized, less uh, capitalized, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing I always feel guilty about on Thanksgiving is having just so much food that like you, it's literally it's more than you can eat when other people don't have as much. Oh, for sure. So it helped, it helped a little bit with those, those feelings of, you know, a little bit of guilt, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I do like the, how much you've been doing uh, with your living off the land and trying to grow, grow your own produce um, and add, if possible by local, like it, I'm a little bit jealous that you moved to a community that has some of the most nutrient rich, rich soil in America. But at the same time, like <laughs> it's still super cool just to see. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I guess that's what I'm thankful for. Cool. Um, so the next one is a way that you have shown gratitude to somebody um, this season or throughout this year. And this one, again, um, is hard. But uh, one thing that I've been trying to do, um, especially since uh, getting married, is be more diligent with my handwritten thank you notes. Uh, there's something super special about receiving a letter in the mail. Uh, I feel like it's a dying art. And unfortunately, 
emails can sometimes come off as so impersonal or almost like the machine's talking to you rather than a person. You can kind of see emotion in a handwritten note. And so I have been trying my best um, to show gratitude through handwritten thank you notes. Um, yeah, I am still horrible at it and I still probably <laughs> only send one note for every like 50 awesome things that people have done for me and my family, but I'm getting better. Yeah. Yeah. The, I agree. There is something about a, a handwritten letter. That's something that I started doing uh, earlier this year is not, not necessarily with thank you notes, but just writing like letters to people. It's a lot of fun. Um, one way that I showed my gratitude to somebody I don't know. This is hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I put it in and then went, oh, that's a hard one. I mean, I guess I could say just by having my wife's family come to our house for Thanksgiving, like I, I am really grateful for them. And uh, they've, my wife and I have been through some um, like, difficulties and some like soul searching and stuff like that. And, uh, they've been like very open and non-judgmental, which is not to say that my family has been the opposite. They haven't, they've been great too, but, um, and so it was nice to be able to like open our home to them and, uh, give them a place to come and enjoy Thanksgiving where my mother-in-law didn't have to do the cooking. Like she didn't have to clean the house and get it ready for everyone. She didn't have to make up beds and spend the, the week leading up to a cooking. That's so we were able to, to give her a break from that this year. Cause usually she's the, the big host that likes to do all that kind of stuff. So awesome. And I'm sure she really appreciated that too. <laughs> she seems to. She did. Uh, she did do a couple sinkfuls of dishes when nobody was looking. But <laughs> there you go. I I got to tell you, uh, Thanksgiving because of the nature of the holiday, just being a feast holiday. It, it's amazing how much work goes into it. Um, I was. Mm -hmm. I went over to my mom's house a couple times. Uh, to kind of help prepare for the holiday. And I think she cooked almost 48 hours straight for a meal that we ate in under half an hour. <laughs> yeah. At one point we had a whiteboard with like all the different things that we had to do different components for each of the different dishes, but yeah. So yeah, so I guess I'm also thankful for all you uh, homemakers and master chefs and people who take care of your family on this because you all are amazing. <laughs> and everybody that posts their recipes online for free. Oh, yes. <laughs> I made use of a lot of those. And not super SEO'd out so you can't find the recipe <laughs> on the first page of the web search or of the mm -hmm. page ah, i hate that <laughs> anyway <laughs> um 
So uh, the last bullet point that we had was uh, one thing you hope to add to your Thanksgiving um, next year. Um, and for me, uh, today was the last day that my family was in town. And so we actually went out to a relatively easy uh, hiking trail. It was a little muddy because we've had snow in the not too distant past. But um, went on a little two-mile hike and just spent some time with my family. And if you've been uh, listening to the show for a while, you know that uh, that both of us are really big into the healing powers of nature. And so I think in the future, next year, I would like to add a little bit more um, rewilding or just... uh, sitting in nature, uh, to my holiday celebration. Um, it was really nice to get out, be out in the sun and go on this hike and just, uh, be present with the world around me. Nice. Um, one thing I, so I'm going to change this one just a little bit. Um, one thing that we actually added to our Thanksgiving this year that we will be continuing in the future. Uh, we, um, so I had a birch tree in my yard that unfortunately fell prey to the birch borer beetle. Uh-huh. Um, and has been, the majority of it has been dead for quite some time. So um, since I had a few extra hands, we cut that down Um as part of this this weekend, which was a lot of fun in and of itself. If you ever get a chance to cut down a 40-foot tree, I recommend it. <laughs> um, but after that, um, like later in the evening, we I have a fire pit in my backyard, and we all sat around, um, I guess we'll call it a bonfire. It wasn't a huge bonfire, but... <laughs> um, and just like did s'mores and just talked to people and looked at the stars, stuff like that. Um, and I live out in the country enough that thankfully stuff like that is possible. And it was a really good experience. Like it was like multiple people said it was the highlight of their weekend. That's awesome. I think that's something that we'll be doing, um, ongoing. I still hold that nothing brings people together like a fire. That's true. It's very it's, true. It's so cool just how you can light a fire and people will come and just sit next to it and hang out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, cool. Um, so for our international listeners... Um, so Thanksgiving, though it's a holiday for the Americas, um, we wanted to share at least one thing that you all can do during this harvest season to show your gratitude. Um, you can do anything that we did, but um, one of my go-tos is to just be extra grateful to the people who are working um, at the stores and everything, especially as we prepare for the uh, yuletide season um 
because they're working their butts off and a simple smile and a thank you uh, goes an amazing far away to anybody and everybody um, that is working in the service industry. So that's, that's one way our international listeners as well as our domestic listeners uh, can show their gratitude during this harvest season. I'll just echo that same thing. Just be nice to people. Say thanks. I waited tables when I was uh, in high school, and it goes a long way, especially when somebody's been having a long day. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. That was a very short but very uh, thankfully, thanksgivingly, a powerfully something or otherly uh, <laughs> episode. So, um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, what are we doing next week? Um, so next week we are going to try and copy something that, uh, well, not copy. We'll take inspiration from <laughs> something that Steve saw on another podcast. We'll steal like an artist. Exactly. <laughs> um, so when you. Google search something uh, after the first few results. There's something that says users also asked this. And so we'll be taking a topic that we both have a little bit of knowledge about and going down the Google search suggestion rabbit hole and using that as a, a Q&A of sorts. So we don't know where it'll go. It could go anywhere. <laughs> it could be scary for all we know, but it'll be fun. Yep. So... Tune in. We'll see you then. (laughs) Take care, everybody.